took an oath under laws of perjury that if they are lying that they would uh, face criminal prosecution. So go to the next slide if you would. UFO disclosure. I put a question mark there because I don't necessarily know if this was disclosure, to be honest with you. Was it some sort of soft disclosure? Perhaps. Uh, but my thinking is this. If we're really talking about intelligent life that has traveled either interdimensional or from light years away, and when you travel a light year, it takes you a year to add 186,000 miles per second to get somewhere. So if we're talking about intelligent life and craft that have the capability and the technology to travel that far and to get here, why haven't they disclosed themselves? They're waiting for the Pentagon to give them an approval. They're waiting for Joe Biden um, to wake up from his nap and give them approval. I mean, who's, who's preventing these intelligent life beings from disclosing themselves if they really exist? And so they got here and they're just in hiding and you know, their craft that's able to travel at, at the speed of light and to you know, go through asteroid fields and all the, all the things that it would take to get here, then they just crash every once in, every once in a while like an old Oldsmobile or something like that, it just breaks down? Okay, okay, all right. I'm kind of tracking with you over here a little bit. Can we go to the next slide? All right, so go to the next slide. So the UFO hearing just happened recently. Did anyone catch it? Some of it, I watched the entire, I listened to it on my way to work and then way back, two and a half hours, I listened to the whole thing. I didn't want to hear people's comments about the hearing. I actually wanted to hear the hearing. Ooh, hear the hearing. In our government, though, I don't know if you knew this. Go to the next slide. There are many agencies that have either designated or delegated money, either on the books or off the books. Off the books pro pro projects or programs would be kind of like black budget items. And this is kind of what the Congress was concerned about. If we have billions and billions of unaccounted for taxpayer money, they're looking for transparency. Where is the money going? And these whistleblowers, or at least David Gresh, the guy in the middle, was saying they're going to projects where the government has been doing this for decades, reverse engineering craft that have been crashed or UFOs that have crashed that we have recovered at the crash sites and we're re reverse engineering their technology. Now I partly understand if this is even true. I've not seen any evidence. And in fact, even in the congressional hearing there wasn't even any evidence provided except blurry pictures like always. So there's no evidence provided yet there's reports, this, this is from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. You could actually look this up. It's only seven pages and it's like pretty, pretty spaced out, so it's a quick read. But in this uh, report, there's multiple accounts of uh, unexplained pregnancies, sexual assault, burns, like from radiation, and all of the adverse effects that people have had when they have come in contact with UAPs or UFOs. Interesting. This is official, it's declassified. You can Google it right now if you want. I don't care, it's available to, to the public. Go to the next slide. So there's uh, multiple uh, agencies within our United States government. UAP Task Force, go to the next slide. There is Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program called ATIP. There's a UAP Task Force, there's Space Force. Donald Trump started that, uh, spent you know, billions of dollars in, into that space. SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. There's NASA, um, which they have their independent UAP studies going on. And there's the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. These are the ones that we know, these are the big ones. And these are funded. These are multi-million dollar billion dollar projects. In fact, they spent, what, 26.1 billion um, just in Space Force, I believe it was. Now, a lot of this is for national defense, and this is why Congress is, is interested in this. 
And I want you to be kind of updated on this too, because if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but if you, if you don't know as a Christian how to answer this topic when it comes up, I'm just saying you need to be equipped. You just need to be ready for this. I'm going through the book of Daniel. I love it. If this hadn't happened last week, I probably wouldn't be bringing this up, but I'm bringing it up because it's very relevant. So these eyewitnesses, if you go to the next slide, Gresh, Fravor, and Graves were sworn under oath. Um, the, Gresh has one of the highest uh, uh, military clearances uh, possible for anyone in the military. And uh, Fravor and Graves were both um, uh, uh, Top Gun pilots. I mean, legit fighter pilots with the U.S. Navy. So the UAP unidentified aerial phenomena witnessed uh, by both Graves and um, Fravor uh, said, even though they came forward, they said they see these phenomenons on a regular basis, daily. But they said that they're afraid to report it or it just it's become so normal that they're, they're not even, it's like it just doesn't even matter anymore. And to me, that's very odd. For one, you're flying a multi-million dollar aircraft and they said that they've had so many close encounters, not to use that word, you know, in a, in a pun way, where they, they felt uh, dangerous because in, in a flying, when you're doing maneuvers and training exercises and stuff like that, you're fully aware of the airspace. There's not anything in your airspace that could cause some sort of uh, anomalous accident or in-flight collision or anything like that. Airspace totally cleared. But what they're saying is when they go up to do exercises, they're visited by these anomalous aircraft. And if you hadn't heard the stories about these, the reports of these things are pretty interesting. Have you, has anyone ever heard about the Tic Tac? Not TikTok, like the Chinese communist uh, app that all the kids use that record everyone's data, but Tic Tac, the breath mints, the ones that I probably need to use more of, the fleets, the orbs, um, some of them the size of a football field. This is what people are reporting. But this Tic Tac item, it's like a round cylinder thing. Go to the next slide. That's what they're saying it looks like as compared to an F-18 fighter pilot. So these Tic Tacs have no wings. They have no windows. They have no propulsion system that they know of. In fact, in the, in the testimony, I think it was uh, Fravor, he says, at one point, they would fly next to him, but they could go so fast from, from zero to mock whatever in split seconds. He says, we would have no way to defend ourselves. There's no way we could outmaneuver ourselves. There's no way offensively that we could attack them. Uh, he says, at one point, there it was at 80,000 feet, and it dropped down to sea level, and it even went under the sea and came out again. So it's able to ascend and descend at, at mock speeds. Just to put this in perspective, if you are a Navy or an Air Force fighter pilot, you put on what they call, uh, what do they call it, G-force suits or G-suits, and a G-suit is something that you wear as a fighter pilot because the human body could only take so much of the G-force, the gravitational pull that when you're taking, when you're making sharp uh, turns. Now, if you guys have seen Top Gun, at one point, when they're running their exercise and they're trying to descend out of that, that wherever they were to, you know, the, um, the, the drop zone, when they were ascending, I think there, there was like 10 Gs or something like that. They say that's pretty much the maximum that, that a human pilot could um, tolerate uh, in any situation, including wearing the G suit, because what happens is all the blood leaves your brain. It goes down to your extremities. And so the G-suit, what it does is it wraps you up. And it, when it feels the G-forces, it constricts. So it's like pushing the blood back up to your head. They have to come up with this sort of technology to keep fighter pilots alive. Uh, multiple fighter pilots have had G-shock, which, which when they've lost all the blood to their brain, they lose consciousness, and then they just spin out and crash. <clears throat> so it's not often that you would go to 9, 8, 10 uh, G-forces as a pilot. Not often at all. These things, however, 
go multiple Mach speeds at hundreds of G-forces. They would go so fast and take a right turn in the middle of a flight, it's just unexplainable to our physics and to our technology and to our comprehension. So they're bringing it to Congress and they're saying, we have no way to defend ourselves against these things. There's nothing that we could do against it. So in this, um, in this uh, congressional committee hearing on anomalous uh, aerial phenomena, or unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs is their new phrase for UFOs, um, they're calling it a national security threat. Both Democrats and Republicans and the international community was concerned. They were saying waiting to get into this congressional thing was like, like almost going to a, a Britney Spears concert or a Taylor Swift concert because there were so many people that wanted to gather to hear what these eyewitnesses had to say. No one goes to like, you know, like uh, Obama healthcare reform. Are you going to line out the doors for that? No one cares about like the day to day in Congress. But when they come up with the, the subject of declassifying things or the government's been involved with a secret program for years on reverse engineering things, oh, the people want to know. And they want to know where their money's being spent as well. So uh, Democrats, Republicans got together. Um, and they even said at one point that the UFOs at one point had, were able to turn off 10 active nuclear warheads. I don't know if we're getting this. Okay. There's, this is what they're saying. These unidentified flying objects are very concerned with our nuclear missile sites. That because of the way they're able to fly, they fly over our nuclear missile sites, and it's reported that they turned off the nuclear warheads as they were there. I solemnly swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So this is what they're saying. This happened at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, and they've been seen active over nuclear sites ever since. Interesting. You know, ever since Roswell, New Mexico, the craft that fell down in 1947, people have just been wondering, like, what in the world's going on? Are we ever going to be told the truth? What are these things? Is this off-Earth technology made by exotic materials that David Gress re has reported, but not seen or not shown? You ever heard of DUMS? Deep underground military bases. These are more highly secretive than Area 51. Area 51 probably doesn't have anything. Like if the Congress is like, okay, give me the keys to Area 51. Let's march down there and go. That's not going to be there if they have anything at all. So at one point, you, you heard one of the, um, Cong the Congresswomen ask, well, what kind of biologics were recovered by some of these fallen U UFO crashes? Were biologics there? Yes. Were they human? No. Does that raise any concerns in this building? I mean, I know you think I'm kind of looney tunes for even bringing this up, but listen to what they're saying. Non-human pilots have been recovered, and I'm telling you, under oath, in front of the Congress and the world, in international news, I'm telling you, we have aliens. The government's keeping it from you. What does that do to you? What does that do to you? What do you think? What's going through your mind right now? Is it too much to process? Is it like, uh, have we been too um, what, predictively programmed? Has there just been too many movies? <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? That was kind of an intro. Space Odyssey, there's just so many. Has there been too many to where we just, we're just short-circuiting? We just can't maybe comprehend what the narrative is that's coming at us at light speed, by the way. So, they're claiming there's non-human intelligences, but this is like FOF witnessing, FOF, friend of a friend. <laughs> friend of a friend told me. 
So though the guy is highly credible that's giving these testimonies, and though he's held the highest ranking offices in all of these anomalous departments that are designed and spent billions to search for UFOs, though he has the highest clearances, you know, like the, the governor from, or the senator or congressman from Missouri, the show me state, he's like, just show me the evidence. I'm kind of with him. Like, show me. Yeah, that's cool. Curious. I'd like to see it. So there's SAPs, Blackwood Budget Projects, and Congress has no access to it, and so they're a little bit disturbed. The Republicans and the Democrats, if you could believe it, they got together, and they agreed. Even AOC was there. I don't know if you knew it. So when asked about this in another, in another part, about these non-human intelligences, NIH, are they benevolent or not? He's, he reports there has been some incidents uh, and there has been some casualties of some, some U US citizens when making contact, okay? So they seem kind of nefarious in nature. That escalates more concern, though no evidence provided. And if you ever get to watch this, it's only a few, like a week old, a lot of the, a lot of the deferred information that was highly sensitive or classified is referred to as, well, I could, talk, I could give you the names, I could give you the places, I could give you the addresses, I could give you all the evidence, but I can't share it with you publicly. We have to do it in a skiff or behind closed doors. And so the Congress people then met with these witnesses in a skiff. So I would suspect coming uh, soon will be some of this evidence if the Congress is uh, granted access to this. So what are some of the possibilities? Let's look at this for a second. Possibility number one, and it will have a little subcategories in these possibilities. UFOs do not exist. UFOs do not exist. It's a grand conspiracy. It's a PSYOP. Go to the next slide. It's a, you ever heard of Project Bluebeam? Project Bluebeam was designed to, um, to, to use uh, satellites and, and lasers and uh, like VR technology uh, to kind of come up with this mock scenario. Have you, remember Jim, you walked in the other day and there was these kids in this auditorium and they're all sitting there thinking it's some sort of like a youth rally or, or some rally at their school, pep rally. And this whale from the middle of the wooden floor, because it was in the basketball gymnasium, jumps out and it's three dimensional and it's in high definition and there's water going everywhere and then it splashes and the kids are like, ah! Have you seen that? It was so lifelike. And it was all done through projection, right? It was, it was just, it was a, it was a high-tech, high-def, three-dimensional projection. So, you know, are doing, what if they don't? What if, what if this is some sort of, like the, like the eyewitnesses are saying, some government conspiracy? What's the purpose of this? What's the PSYOP? Project Bluebeam was that very project to convince people that we're under alien invasion and they were gonna do some sort of projection device and, it, when you think about magic, when you think about like deception, when you think about illusions pop, you know, when you think about uh, things like that, I, that makes sense. That seems more like the devil to me. Artificial intelligence, weaponized satellite systems, virtual reality. You know, Werner von Braun, um, I don't know if you've heard of Operation Paperclip, but it was, uh, it was the government's uh, answer to sequestering and recruiting uh, the German top scientists and engineers at the end of World War II, where we were able to acquire, and Russia acquired a lot more than we did. Uh, that's why their uh, Sputnik program, and they got into space a lot faster. They were just, we were both using uh, German um, uh, engineers and scientists to advance both of our, our long-range ballistic missile technology and uh, our space program. But uh, Werner von Braun was one of them, and he said aliens will be the last card that will be played. I thought, I thought that's interesting. Just so you know a little bit about Werner von Braun, here, and I'll talk about him in a little bit. 
or you know, U.S. advanced classified technology is another thing, or these uh, these spacecraft is just foreign enemies of the state of Russia. But when you look at the flying capabilities that they have, everyone agrees it's like it's nothing that we know of that we know of, unless it's the deepest of technology and the most advanced. But go to the next slide. So. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but in his, on his deathbed with Carol Rosen, Werner von Braun, the guy, I, okay, just so you know, Werner Braun, von Braun was the head of NASA when it first started. He was the one that made the V-2 rockets that no one could figure out how to defend. When the rockets were going from Germany to um, uh, the UK, that was Werner von Braun. So he was the one that first gave us our rocket technology to send our first satellite up into space. That's Warner von Braun. Are you, are you with me? So Warner von Braun on his deathbed, and he's telling um, the Carol uh, Rosen, and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build a space-based weapons against the aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. So evidently, Warner Von Braun, the head of NASA, co-founded it. Mr. Spaceman, right, himself, putting our rockets into space, said, oh, by the way, you know, we're first going to be focused on the Russians. So he's, he's like divulging like the playbook, if there is some sort of non-alien thing, but there's a narrative about aliens, what he is saying is that will be the last card that will be played. Take it for what you will, whether that, you know, that's really the case or not, that's what he said. But interestingly enough, go to the next slide, Reagan said this uh, in front of the UN General Assembly on September 21st, 1987, Cannot swords be turned into plowshares? Can we and all nations not live in peace? In our obsession with antagonism uh, of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Reagan said, perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. Reagan proposed, I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from the outside of this world. So Reagan says, you know what will unite the world? The biggest, the fastest, an alien threat. Isn't it interesting? So the Antichrist, as we're going through the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar just used force. He's like, you either worship me or you die, right? That's, the Antichrist will do that, by the way, because Nebuchadnezzar, just as Nimrod, they're archetypes of the Antichrist. They're Old Testament typologies of the Antichrist, which he will take the mark or die, right? That will be, that is the final, that is the end game. But how do we get people to willingly do this? How do you align people on a global scale? Is Mr. Reagan kind of giving us a hint? You know, if an asteroid was coming at us, you know, let's all ignore our differences and let's get together and you know, if some sort of pestilence that's made in the lab in, in China uh, comes, let's all get together, you know, we ought to fight this. And um, I'm just saying, it's just, it's an interesting thing. I, I, try, I always view these current events in light of the Bible and prophecy and how, what's the deception behind this? Um, what's, what's the possibilities? What's the illusion? Go to the next slide. I had the privilege of going to see Oppenheimer. That was a really cool movie. A couple things that stood out to me was um, uh, one of the quotes that he quoted as he learned Sanskrit to read the Vedas. This Oppenheimer character, Robert Oppenheimer, the guy that invented the, the atom bomb, the nuclear bomb, the guy was a genius. He was brilliant beyond like normal intellect. Just phenomenal the way this guy uh, thought. They tested the bomb. It was a success out there at Los, what is it called? Alamos? Yeah, in New Mexico. And um, it works. 
now I become death, the destroyer of worlds. We don't know when he said that quote, but he was he got that from the Hindu sacred text from the Bhagavad Gita's, um, as was his book of choice. Look at what he said about the Bhagavad Gita's. The access to the Vedas is the greatest privilege this century may claim over all previous centuries. Robert Oppenheimer. Why is that? What's so special about the Vedas? Now, you might recall that Albert Einstein and Oppenheimer were friends and colleagues. They were contemporaries with each other. You want to know what um, Einstein, the, the man that came with the theory of relativity, and the guy that kind of introduced people into quantum thinking? Look at what he said. Go to the next slide. When I read the Bhagavad Gita and reflect about how God created this universe, everything else seems so superfluous. I maintain that the cosmic religious feeling is the strongest and noblest motive for scientific research. Albert Einstein. Theory, theory of relativity. Quantum physics. What, what is it? How did Albert Einstein and Robert Oppenheimer discover quantum, quantum science and methodology from reading an ancient thousands of year old religious text and they give homage to it as if it was the key to unlock their scientific mind. I just find that's fascinating. You know, just as they were researching on how to uh, you know, get it, how to split an atom or how to, how to cause like a nuclear reaction that would be the result of mass destruction. Something else is going on, I want you to know, where people are also interested in the Vedas who are also interested in quantum science. Go to the next slide. Quantum basically means all phenomenon is submicroscopic systems. So you have quantum theory, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, quantum computing, quantum mathematics, quantum cryptology, quantum gnosis, which is the Greek word for knowledge, and quantum entanglement. Okay, quantum entanglement. Interesting. What does that mean? Quantum entanglement relates to spirituality and where we come from as non-physical beings. Suggests that we can reunite with the ancestral light beings from which we have descended by being aware of our connection with them. The intention of thought is enough to create an immediate re reunification, not as physical beings, but as spiritual ones. All major religions speak of light and angels. Muhammad declared that angels were created from light. Christianity and Judaism have described angels as glowing with light. Uh, from within as a physical manifestation of the passion for God. And in Buddhism and Hinduism, which Buddhism came out of Hinduism, and Hinduism is where the Vedas are, by the way, angels are described as having the essence of light. And angelic beings of Hinduism are considered to be minor gods called divas. Yeah, ladies. You heard that right. You Next time you call someone a diva, you're calling them a shiny one a female <laughs> like a goddess. Go to the next slide. This is an idol or the god Shiva, destroyer, which Oppenheimer said, I've become. He's quoting the Vedas, which is her words. She is the goddess of destruction. He got quantum science from reading the Vedas, Albert Einstein, his buddy, got quantum science from reading the Vedas. You know who else is doing quantum physics at the largest scale on the planet right now? CERN. CERN is over in Switzerland, but the actual the circumference of it spans, I think, a couple countries. It's underground. The, it's upground part is where they have the goddess Shiva, right? just to let you know what they're all about. So the last person that said, that quoted the Vedas, said, I have, I have become the destroyer of worlds, actually invented the nuclear bomb that can destroy the world. Now these guys, who are also into the Vedas and the goddess destroyer Shiva, are also into quantum mechanics and quantum physics, and here's what they're doing. Let, let's go, go a little bit further. This is what it looks like on the inside. So underground is this big circle that goes around two countries, and it's all made up of this stuff. 
I have, Eric, would you, could you imagine getting this project? I mean, look at, there's the scissor lift at the bottom. This is the scissor lift. Look at how big that thing is. And as big as it is, all they're trying to do is smash atoms. What are they looking for? What are they doing? With their God of Shiva and their quantum like uh, entanglement approach. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you're curious about all this. <laughs> Go to the next one. Here's the inside of CERN. It's just, they're trying to make it go as fast as it could go, smash the atoms, because they're trying to find what's called, in quantum physics, the God particle. It's what they're after, the God particle. So they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars with the greatest minds. And they said, by the way, this is where the internet came from. It's what they said. I don't know if that's true or not, because Al Gore invented it. I forgot. <laughs> but CERN, you're like, what are you up to? Shiva-worshipping scientist that gets quantum ideas from the Bhagavad Gita's? What are you guys up to? Well, you know, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. And, oh, right, do you believe in God because you're trying to get the God particle? So in their theory of discovering um, um, quantum entanglement, the idea is to take that which is unseen and so small and unmeasurable with that which is seen that is measurable and to, in other words, take the spiritual, non-physical, and the physical and combine the two. And they feel like they could then either open a portal or extend life. Because they kind of have this idea that if they're able to do this, then they could kind of tweak or manipulate time so that they could extend their own life and actually become immortal. That's why it's called the God particle. So interesting, right? Like, let's forget the gospel and Jesus and, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and have eternal life, and it's a free gift. No, let's spend billions of dollars on this rinky-dink, high-tech, it's not rinky-dink, but this, this super high-tech thing to try to find the God particle so that we could do it ourselves. Oh, and by the way, let's kind of worship the, the same God that Oppenheimer was referring to, Let's, let's give it homage. Look at the next slide. So this is the official logo of CERN. Thinking about quantum entanglement, you want to unentangle this? This is the official logo. Do you see anything there? Does anyone see anything? So quantum entanglement. Let's untangle all the... And, and combine, it, it seems like an antithesis, but the physical and the, and the non-physical, and let's, let's, on a quantum level, let's untangle it, and then let's unlock time, and let's become immortal, and let's step into Im immortality. Oh, okay, let, let me untangle it for you. Oh. European Organization for Nuclear Research. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I just think that, that's kind of weird. That's their logo, and you just kind of, because that's what, their whole thing with the quantum physics is to, you know, because they believe everything is, is spinning, and, you know, and they're trying to un, untangle it. I just think it's very kind of interesting that that would be their logo. You're like, no, nah, he's really gone off his rocker. I wish I had a porch and a rocker, to be honest with you. Go to the next slide. Here's what they do. At night, sometimes they have rituals there in front of their goddess at CERN in Europe, in Switzerland. Go to the next slide. So what is CERN? It's the European Council for Nuclear Research in search of the God particle, the idea that through quantum entanglement we can become gods, alter time, and enter into eternal life without the need for God. Or some even say that they're trying to open portals so they could get to beings and entities that could give them what we can't give ourselves. Gods, fallen angels. So let's go, that brings us to our next possibility. 
The first one was they do not exist. The second one is, okay, let's entertain this idea, they do exist. Now, there's people that believe aliens exist. In fact, the show Ancient Aliens is, uh, what, 20 seasons now? I've never seen one of them. Never, never been interested in it at all. But they hold to the idea of panspermia, which is the idea that ancient aliens seeded the earth, they left, in other words, they started mankind, kind of lower, lesser beings, and they're the ones that were you know, responsible for all the megalithic uh, ancient civilization architecture that we see and all that kind of stuff. And then when we need their help, they'll finally come back at the last days and help us because we can't help ourselves. Interesting. This is where the Anunnaki come in and um, the reptilian giants, which is another thought because they found uh, the Sumerian uh, uh, coin, what, what's the, anyways, they found Sumerian tablets that, that uh, record this whole history of these giant reptilians that, you know, came and their superior gods, uh, demigods, and they'll come back. Um, extraterrestrial beings do exist and have traveled from another galaxy and are here, but that just doesn't make sense to me, okay? You, you're, you get here and then you just, you're going to remain in hiding and you're waiting for the government to give you permission to disclose yourself? It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Like, okay, Pentagon, when are you going to give us the green light? And they're going to impress everyone and we're going to show them. But in the meantime, we're hiding and we run out of gas sometimes and we get flat tires on our UFOs and, okay. Or, Here's where I land. There are fallen angels who are technically extraterrestrial because, look at Gabriel, Gabriel and Michael the archangel are extraterrestrial. They're not from here. Their origin is not here. But they come here and they show up and then they don't show up. They could come and go. They could enter this dimension and leave it. They are by definition extraterrestrial. But they're not from another planet, they're from another dimension. And that's the view I hold. Let's, let's look at Ackman's Razor. Have you ever heard of this, Ackman's Razor? It's kind of this idea, um, you know, all this preamble stuff, I mean, the history of Ackman, the 14th century English philosopher and theologian. But the idea is entities must not be multiplied beyond necessity, or the simplest explanation is usually the best one. I remember I had my first car was a a Volkswagen Scirocco, 800 bucks, manual. Uh, and I remember it broke down, and I went to the most difficult things to try to reduce what it was to fix it, and I couldn't get my car to fix. I had to bum rides to high school and stuff like that. Come to find out, it was just the, the wire came off the starter. If I just would have put the wire on, it was just a, it just came off. And that was it, and I was like racking my brain. So Occam's razor makes a lot of sense, if you think about it. Just go to the simplest explanation. Let me, let me kind of run, run something by you here. Go to the next slide. So here's a person in prison. What if I were to share with you a guy locked up in high maximum security prison, and what if there was someone else outside of the prison who is able to somehow, some way, put the guards to sleep, evade all the surveillance, all the security checkpoints, just go through them undetected, either unlock or walk through locked prison bars and gates and doors, unlock them without using any keys or just walking through them without even opening them, getting the prisoner, escorting the prisoner, past all of the armed guards who would kill you if they woke up, but yet they remain unharmed, but unaware, kind of unconscious. And what if that person was able to lead this person out and escape prison without any physical confrontation or set off any alarms about this prison break? How would you take that if you read that in the newspaper today? But I'm describing Peter in the book of Acts when an angel came and broke him out of prison. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I put it in those terms, you're like, dude, no way. No. <laughs> no one's a surfer in here, I know, but. Um, that's so gnarly, no way. 
it sounds fantastical when you, when you recall the prison break of Peter when an angel came and broke him out of prison. What's going on? Extraterrestrial? Where, what planet is he from? Where's his spacecraft? He doesn't have any spacecraft. He, he's from God, and he came from another dimension, and he appeared, and he has supernatural abilities, and he was able to break him out of prison. No harm, no foul. No one even got hurt. It was like, you wonder, you, 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 you Star Wars fans, you wonder where they get that stuff. You know, like, you will look away. You will fall asleep. You know? It's not a Jedi mind trick. It's, it's God's supernatural angels doing what they do. The Bible's full of extraterrestrial and supernatural events. What if you were hanging out with your friends, you're afraid of your life, so you lock all the doors, and all of a sudden a full-grown man appears in your living room in the middle, uh, middle of all of you without warning you or even hearing a knock on the door. Well, that's what happened when Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared in the middle of all the disciples. What if you're riding along in like an uber-taxi type situation and you're reading about spiritual matters, but you're not a believer in spiritual things, you just have some questions about life and death and heaven and hell and all this kind of stuff, then all of a sudden someone shows up and answers all of your questions, and then after he answers all of your questions, he vanishes right before your eyes. And that wasn't even an angel, that was Philip preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. What if you were secluded at a secluded residence, kind of sequestered away, thinking that you were safe from all enemy combatants, and, and then you're fast asleep because you feel safe? Then all of a sudden, when you wake up, you're surrounded and outnumbered by thousands to one. And they have highly advanced weaponry, and you don't have any. To your surprise, your eyes are able to see another force, much greater, with much higher technology and more, more advanced weaponry than the enemies that are there to get you. These people are faster, they're stronger, they're better equipped, and they outnumber them, but they're invisible. But yet become visible. I'm talking about Elijah and his servant when they were surrounded. And, and Elijah says, God, will you open his eyes? And he saw him, and there was all of this advanced military equipment surrounding in the invisible, but he was able to pull back the curtain and see it visibly. And let's face it, one angel took out 180,000 soldiers. An angel by himself is a weapon of mass destruction of the supernatural caliber that, that goes far beyond our comprehension. What if you saw someone raised from the dead? You saw someone walk on water. You saw the cripple walk again that never were able to walk from birth. You saw oceans part and become, uh, you know, uh, dry ground to walk on. You saw some people levitate into heaven. You saw giants with supernatural human strength. You saw one being slaughter an army of 100,000 people. I just mentioned that. You saw advanced weaponry like a lightsaber or a flaming sword or weapons that come down uh, from sound or light that are weapons of total mass destruction, or an unidentified flying object that was self-propelled without any combustion fuel or just made out of circles. Here, keep, keep tracking with me here. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. Okay, this is resurrection of Jesus, supernatural. Next one. What about Jonah and the whale? Supernatural. Go to the next one. Fire from heaven, 2 Kings chapter 1. Go to the next one. You often think of lightsaber. There's a sword of the Lord, and the Bible describes it like a sword of light. Go to the next one. It's like there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing, no one's really original. They kind of all rip, rip off from the Bible. Here's Elijah taking off. You want to talk about UFO? If you saw a preacher man hop in a ride... And he's like, oh, by the way, here's my mantle. Good luck. <laughs> and he, they described it in terms that they could relate to back then. Like you might say, you might say, oh, someone hopped in what looked like a Tesla and had no sound. You know, just like George Jetson around, you know. But if you're describing this event, it's a UFO, bro. So Elijah hops in this vehicle that's able to 
just with no propulsion, no gas, it's not combustion, it takes off and it goes and it splits heaven, it splits the time and space. Talk about quantum. It's doing quantum physics. And we're just like, oh, that's just, that's for kids and that's, for, that's flannel graph stuff. No, that's UFO stuff, man. That's supernatural. So, you ever read the book of Revelation? Shapeshifters, chimeric creatures, mass formation psychosis on the global scale, convergent technology, biotech that links all mankind, like a hive mind, almost like a network, religiously, politically, and economically. Have you ever thought about the Bible in those terms? Babe, have you ever thought about that, John? There's the coming deception. Let's go to the next one. There's Ezekiel's vision, by the way. You ever read Ezekiel chapter 1? Holy cow. You try to describe with your words, using what, what you know and you could see, Ezekiel's vision. He calls them wheels upon wheels. It's spinning, it's propelling. There's eyes, there's flames, it's colors, it's bright, it's magnificent. It's interesting when people try to describe the lights that they see and the UFOs that they see. It's very interesting. There's a term, it's called ontological shock. I might be the next slide. It's a phrase used in philosophy and psychology to refer to being forced to question one's worldview and one's own reality. It is a deep, unsettling feeling of cognitive dissonance or realization when one's fundamental understanding of reality and existence or the nature of being is disrupted or challenged. It is the profound disorientation that occurs when one encounters a concept, an experience, or an idea that fundamentally contradicts their established beliefs, assumptions, or worldviews. Why I'm doing what I'm doing for this church and online, I hope we're recording this, is so that when people, when there is full disclosure of this stuff, whether it's a light show, it's illusions, it's, it's stuff that the Russians made or we've collaborated with people or, or it is off-world stuff, whatever the case, there's going to be what's known as an ontological shock. People are going to be so mesmerized. Franz Mesmer, that's funny. Hypnosis. They're going to be so taken back that their own worldview is going to be shocked. What they've studied also psychologically is the ramifications for Christians if UFOs are revealed. Because what they feel is that Christians are going to be so fragile in their beliefs because they think, well, we're the center of the universe and God's only concerned with us. There can't be beings from other... Because then Jesus would have to die for other planets and other aliens. I thought he just died for the sins of the world. So Christians are going to be so perplexed that they will, sh they will have ontological shock to the point of questioning their own faith. And they, they are assuming many will ditch the Christian faith at the revelation of aliens. That's why I'm, heading, that's why I'm hitting this. I don't want you to like, ditch your faith if something comes out that's convincible. Artificial intelligence is so good, you can make Putin and Biden playing ping pong right now, and they've, ne they've never even like, stepped foot in the same room. You could make Biden speak Russian and Putin speak perfect uh, English. And, you know, it, it's like all this, this deception is so easy to pull off with, uh, with artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Go to the next slide. Luke 21, 25, Jesus puts it this way. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth and for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Yeah, that's supernatural. When God starts shaking the earth, if you read Revelation chapter 6, it's where the four horsemen come out, but at the end of it, um, you know, masses of the population are being decimated, and it's terrible. But islands are being plucked off. So say goodbye to Fiji, say goodbye to Hawaii. You know, I'm glad America's not called an island. <laughs> Just say goodbye. And it's so unbelievable that what goes on during these times, that people's hearts will fail them. You will simply just collapse of a cardiac arrest or a heart attack just by what you're seeing. And it would be sad for people to see something fake and to respond to it because they're being deceived. 
But Jesus said, people's hearts will fail them. I was going to have us turn. Yeah, turn there if you would. Revelation chapter 9. Because I, I, just, I just want you to see the God in the Bible that we have. So, in Revelation chapter 9, we're jumping into uh, the trumpets, these judgments. Chapter 7 is the 144,000. Chapter 8, uh, the, the seventh seal and golden censer. So we get into chapter 9, and we're getting into the last parts of the trumpets. But I just want you to see what supernatural things are going to occur, and if ontological shock is a real uh, you know, diag diagnosable condition that you, could, that you could foresee. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fall, a star fallen from heaven to the earth, and was given the key uh, to the shaft of the bottomless pit. And he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened. It's kind of like an almost like a nuclear, uh, you know, storm. With the smoke uh, from the shaft, then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and were given power like the power of scorpions on the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any anything, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings, like, when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death. They would rather commit suicide, but they will not be able to do it. They won't find it. They will long to die, but death will flee them. Interesting. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. And their faces were like human faces. And their hair like women's hair. And their teeth like the lion's teeth. They had breastplate like breastplate of iron. And the noise of their wings like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing in the battle. They have tails and uh, stings like scorpions. And their powers to hurt people for five months in their tails. And they have a king over them. Uh, the angel of the bottomless pit, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek is called Apollyon, the destroyer. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still to come. And I'm not going to read it to the end, but I just wanted to, I have it in my, in my notes to read it to verse 21, but for the sake of time, I'm going to go further into this message. I only have a little bit left. So before all this happens, though, there's going to come a mass deception. Go to the next slide. Before all this happens, masses of people will be deceived. So first, ontological shock will happen. In other words, the fallen angel technology will be so far advanced that they will seem like gods, much like the days of Noah when the fallen angels were messing with all the... All the creation, all the creation was corrupt. They genetically corrupted everything. People, plants, animals. God was so bad that God wiped it out. And God said it would be like the days of Noah again, incidentally. So, perhaps bioengineering, designer babies, clones, hybrids, all that kind of stuff that's going on right now that we know about. Uh, maybe, I don't want to go into this, but you know, when people, when people do report seeing uh, these alien-type creatures, they, they call them greys, greys. And they're, you know, it's very common, like big head, black eyes, big eyes, uh, long arms, you know, I don't know how many fingers, but kind of skinnier. Uh, but they communicate with, through using telepathy and stuff like that. Um, uh, one guy I was talking about, he you know, was on a craft, and he said they were, they were stacked up like, uh, like logs, you know, like firewood, as if they were just suits or avatar suits or skin suits. And I started to think, I'm like, okay, if the devil is outnumbered two to one, and the, the demons, which are just like on dry ground looking for bodies to inhabit, I wonder what their DNA programs if what if they're trying to create some sort of avatar suit where they could just possess it rather than, you know, possessing people, which you need the will, you need to receive a demon willingly. But what if they just create these neutral bodies where they could, they could do that? And I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I've never seen it. People report it. 
it's like all over the news, and I'm just trying to make sense of it. But there is an abduction phenomenon going on. They have millions of people that have recorded being abducted, not just a few, millions around the world, and they're all very similar. But I want to tell you something uh, I just heard recently. This guy said he was abducted since he was uh, born, um, and he has a really sad story. He always hated his mom and never wondered why, where, why did my mom leave me? Well, her, this is, I'm not going to get into this really. Anyways, his parents were killed in a car accident when he was uh, like one years old, and he felt abandoned, but he went into the foster care system. And, uh, you know, some good things could come from that, but maybe some things can't. Anyways, he, re he reports being abducted multiple times. And he reports being like sexual abuse, and they're always interested in female organs and male organs. This is what people say. I'm not saying I believe it or agree with it. I'm just saying that's what people report on the mass. It's just such a common thing that people report. And um, what, I, what I did think was interesting, though, is this guy, he was giving his testimony about how he got saved. And so the guy that was interviewing him said, well, have you been abducted since you've been saved? He's like, no, ever since Jesus came into my life, I've never, been, I've never had contact. And that was interesting to me because you hear this, that when people are come in contact with these whatever creatures these things are, when they rebuke them in the name of Jesus, they go away. What does that tell you? You think an alien that comes from like thousands of light years away that has a super rad craft that gets here, but it breaks down occasionally because it's not all that good, you know? Um, he's going to even, or she or it, is going to even care about the name of Jesus? You know who does care about the name of Jesus? Demons. So I just wanted to throw that out to you. Because Go to the next slide, because what's really going to take place, go to the next slide, is this mass formation psychosis, which is basically this. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduced them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. Laban. Mass formation psychosis. So the devil has to pull off mass formation psychosis. How is he going to do it? Look at 2 Thessalonians. It'll be on the screen. Chapter 2 and verse 6. And you know what is restraining him, the, the Antichrist, the seed of the serpent, so that now he may be revealed in his time. For the secret of evil is even now at work. But there is one who is keeping back the evil until he be taken out of the way, the Holy Spirit, the rapture, the church. And then will come the revelation of that evil one whom the Lord Jesus will put to death by the breath of his mouth, because the sword goes out of his mouth. Talk about a weapon of mass destruction. And give to uh, destruction by the revelation of his coming. Even the one whose coming is marked by the working of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders. Power, signs, and false wonders. Power. Dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite, nuclear. He has all power, signs, and false wonders. <coughs> wonders, like, like you, people are just going to be so amazed. You know, like, whoa, did you see that? Can you believe that? The man of evil will use every kind of evil to fool those who are lost. They are lost because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. Well, who's the truth? Jesus. They didn't want Jesus, <coughs> and he's the Savior. For this cause, God will give them up to the power of deceit, and they will put their faith in what is false. Um, because they just didn't have the love of the truth to be saved. Go to the next slide. <coughs> so not tic-tac, like that unidentified flying object, but tic-tock. <laughs> my own inside joke. I think it's funny. TikTok because the time is short. And I'm saying that more not for our... I'm saying it for us, but the, the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places, the time is short for them. That's why they might be on the move. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8, verse 29. 
It's on the screen. And behold, they cried, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? So evidently they know that there is a time. And there is a certain time where God will just pull the plug. He'll pull... You want to know why, like when we read in 2 Thessalonians, there's something restraining this man of sin, the seed of the serpent, where all the signs and wonders and lying wonders, and he's going to deceive everyone, and everyone's going to be like, you know, sign me up. If it's a mark on my hand, I'll take it. He's going to convince everyone, whether it's the ancient alien thing, or we'll cure cancer, and we'll fix this, and we'll fix the, the ecological problem, and we'll, you don't need oil anymore. I've got, you know, fusion to introduce you to. Look at how I showed up. However the sales pitch is going to work from the devil, people are going to love it, love it, love it, love it. And they, can't, they just can't wait to just receive it. But you want to know why my opinion is why these guys are not coming out and just full-on disclosure? Because God's withholding it. You know what withholds and restrains? God is withhold. The Holy Spirit is like, nope, not your time. Nope, not your time. Nope, not your time. And then, finally, God just pulls the plug. I believe he pulls the church, and he pulls the plug, and then all hell is broken loose on earth. And then the masses are going to be deceived. Not all of them. People that hear stuff like this, and then you go and tell your friends that aren't saved, and then they don't get saved, but then after the rapture takes place, and and they're like, man, my Christian buddy told me all about this. Those are the ones that have to endure to the end to be saved. Because they're stuck in the, the time period, the seven years. So, wrapping this up, demons and fallen angels believe Jesus is coming back. The world doesn't, but we should. Look, look at these last verses. So, Mark 3.11. And whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. This is the demon. The demons also came out of many crying, saying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them, would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And they listened to Jesus. He created them. And he... <laughs> There's rules of engagement. So Jesus is like, okay, you can go into these pigs. Um, you know, whatever, you can go into these pigs. But if you cross the rules, there's some angels, fallen angels, that are put into... Uh, the, the, the lowest, you know, it's like high maximum security um, places of hell. They're going to be released during the tribulation, by the way. We're reading some of that in chapter 9. And then um, James 2.19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. So the devil's not an atheist, and no one's an atheist in hell. Everyone's a believer. But now's the time to get saved. Now's the time to believe by faith. When you see, it's not faith. That's why the devils can't be saved. That's why the angels can't be, that have fallen and rebuilt. They can't be redeemed. You've got to be redeemed by faith. And when you see, you know, when the rich man went into hell, he saw with his eyes and he believed. And he says, tell, send someone back and tell all my relatives. And it's like, it's too late. It's too late. It's appointed unto man once to die. And then everyone's a believer. But if you didn't believe in Jesus while you had the opportunity to have faith, believing without seeing, you go to hell. You're separated from God for all eternity. And God's not willing that any should perish, but that all to come to repentance. So what should we do? This last thought here. Well, we should tell people the good news of Jesus as the way of escape, like in Luke chapter 21 in the last part of verse 36. He said, all this stuff is going to come upon the world, but you will escape all these things and stand before uh, the Son of Man. Uh, We should also stay faithful to the Lord and to each other by remaining in fellowship and supporting each other and the church, especially in this age. And I realize like a lot of a lot of this stuff is just seems like science fiction and I get it. And we got real problems that don't have anything to do with this stuff. I understand. I understand. But I just wanted to inform you And I wanted to encourage you with this last verse. The end is closer than we think. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another unto love and good works. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. 
We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know, and I added the italics for, italics for emphasis, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. Closer than we probably know. Don't get rapture fatigue just because we've been inundated with <laughs> the Left Behind series and stuff like that, and because people have made false predictions. Um, setting dates about the Lord's return. We don't know when he's coming back, but he does mention the word soon, and he does mention the word be ready, pray, don't sleep, tell people about Jesus. There are things like that. And he says, when you see certain things, you know, wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, um, people saying that they're Christ, uh, you know, these false prophets, he's like, the end's not yet. It's just like uh, you're in a certain trimester of the birth pangs, but it's coming. That's what he says. All right, let's stand and be dismissed in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for our country. I pray for our leaders. I pray that there would be honest congressmen and congresswomen that would uh, represent the people. I pray for us as a church that we would represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords as ambassadors to this community. And for someone here that maybe doesn't have the gift of the gospel, which is eternal life by faith alone in Christ alone, I pray that, that someone would receive that gift today. And um, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be well-balanced Christians, but also equip us to be able to answer uh, a culture and a community that no doubt is going to be looking for answers. And may, may you equip us, Lord, to have those answers for people. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.